What's going on, y'all? It's Zeta Plug, and I got a special guest for y'all again. Y'all already know what time it is, so we're going to get right into it. I'm going to let her introduce herself because she has a great introductory of her own. So go ahead. What's up, y'all? I'm Persian, a.k.a. Erica from The Perfect Blend Show. Persian the Bartition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, unfortunately, today is... December 8th, and we had a tragic loss today. Juice World, one of the artists, Juice Worlds, he, he's done songs with Future, uh, Ski Mask, uh, Ellie Golden. Uh, he has, like, a huge lane in just music, not just rap. And they haven't released why he, he or the cause of his death, but we all kind of assume that it's, drug related like pills or you know he was just a substance abuser so we already kind of have an opinion on what that might be how do you feel about that i know you said you don't really know who juice world is per se but you know who juice world is he had way too much music for you not to know especially a lot of radio songs i'm probably familiar with his music but just with the overall situation um I think more of the older rappers or people in the game need to tell them about the struggles that they have or have had with indulging in all that, all those drugs. Like the young people don't get like, you can't live forever. Like it really has an effect on your body. And I feel like a lot of older rappers or older people in the game been through that. The only people that say something is like Gucci Man. You know, he talked about it in his book how he had to get back right for his health. You know, it take a toll on you. But I feel like other people know that and they just not telling them that. Yeah, no. But it's it's that goes to say just like with anything, with any older person, try to tell us like we we're not going to listen to it. We're not going to listen to it. That's like from the beginning of time, we feel like, all right, we can take that information, use it, and then flip it into, or kind of like 2.0 it, you know what I mean? Or 0.5 it, you know what I mean? We can make it a little better than what you told us it was. Or you may not be able to know exactly what I'm going through. That's not exactly how I feel, so you don't understand me exactly. So, you know, that comes with age and time, and unfortunately, he didn't get that chance to have... He didn't get that chance, but also, as a person, you're just supposed to know your body, know when something don't feel right, know when you're going too far with stuff. Yeah. You can feel it, whether it be, like, the worst hangover you ever had in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you got to understand what your body can take and what it can't, no yeah. matter what age you are, even when... I first turned 21 and I first started drinking and doing stuff like that. I had to learn my limit. Yeah. One night when you're like, I don't know what the fuck happened. That was enough for me. Like, whoa, okay. (laughs) That's my limit. And fortunately, I think I've only had one, one bad alcoholic experience. It was like on my birthday. I got like super drunk, like drunk, too drunk to the point where after I was thrown up and I recovered from that day, I don't think I ever really recovered. It was like weeks. I can't even smell alcohol. Mm -hmm. It was making me nauseous. Like I got that, that it was bad. I think everybody's body has that kind of sense and we may run past it sometimes, but 
sometimes the people around you too need to be like, uh, I think that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess they feel like because he was the breadwinner, because he had a girlfriend, his girlfriend was heavily involved in his mother. I mean, and his mother was involved. So he had a support system. It was just odd to see that he didn't, like you said, nobody stopped him. Nobody kept him from doing none of that stuff. So it's definitely rough seeing that we just lost X. You know what I mean? We lost Pete. We lost, we're losing a lot of people to the same things and nobody's paying attention to, or nobody's caring enough. You know and what I mean? They feel younger and younger. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. So RIP Juice World. RIP Juice World. You definitely going to be missed. We definitely, I'm glad you had a lot of music, but you definitely had a longer life than that. So hopefully we learn from this and move on from that situation. But um, we had a topic, I think it was um, on around the, the, the context of, what is it? If you decide to approach someone like dating, who has the power? Right. It was about um, who approached who. Mm-hmm. Like, who talked to who first. Exactly. So, my my opinion on that is if you like me more than I like you, I have the upper hand in the relationship. Now, that may not be right, but I feel like that's more of a reality. Like, people... Like people, people use that because I've, I've been into people that I was into more than they were into me. And yeah, they had my quick response texts. They had, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's not the same. What's your, what's your opinion on it? Because you could have talked to somebody first Mm -hmm. or they could have approached you first and they still more into you. So, but so you still have the upper hand. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. But Mainly, <laughs> you already know if you were chasing, for example, if you had a dude that you was like, oh, I like you. Let's say you ever found, you ever got with your celebrity crush. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For the first two or three weeks, you're going to do whatever they want you to do after that bedazzle wear off. You know what I mean? You're going to always put your best foot forward when you first date somebody you want. Like, you're going to be like, oh, no, let me show you what I can do. You're not going to be, you're going to be more so passive on their flaws than quick to judge now if somebody come to you and they like i like you you're gonna be like uh let me see what let me see what all your bs is before no that's two different things because a celebrity crush you will probably allow certain things to go down that's what i'm saying but a regular everyday person crush you don't just go all out just because because sometimes you may like somebody from pictures or seeing them somewhere, and then when you spend time with them, you're like, yo, this dude can't even hold a conversation. This is whack. Yeah. But then sometimes, dudes, we uh, we might play that role just because we're not feeling it. You know what I mean? We might or be just like, because oh, y'all want to smash, but say that too, because sometimes bitches just be wanting to smash. So. I've learned that getting older. That yes, some like, girls just, just already was like, nah, I knew I was going to jump on you when I saw you. We always do. like, And y'all do, too, because phys- I feel physical attraction is first. Yeah. Especially when you see somebody. If they're ugly, what, what else is there 
you don't even want to get to know the other parts mm-hmm. after <laughs> like maybe it's your coworker or something yeah. like yeah. you know other parts by circumstance that's like, true so that's true because i might part, just want to smash because you got some big ass titties i don't necessarily care about your personality no what you got i just want to feel your titties that's it like and it's not it's not mean you know what i mean i feel like it's, it's more so mean. like guys think that women don't have the same like lusts or desire like we look at men physically the same way like yeah he's never gonna get any like <laughs> That's cute that you tried. That's so sweet. And it's very sweet. It's it's best in my opinion. And you know, we live in Atlanta, so that's very it's a very promiscuous city. So I feel like it's best to just go ahead and get that shit out the way. Exactly. It's best to get it out the way. Because it's a promiscuous city and because nowadays people are you don't have to be nobody really like needs to be tied down to a relationship. Yeah. A lot of people now work two jobs, work three jobs. They're chasing dreams, chasing goals. They don't... If all you have time for is about three hours, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I got to get up and go to work in the mm-hmm. morning, and mm-hmm. I don't want to make you breakfast. I exactly. just want to... <laughs> exactly. I was going to go to work. Yeah. Maybe that uh, that type of personality is phasing out. What type know. of personality? Like, just the, like what you said. I want to stay at home. Because... People do want to do that. They just don't want to do it right now. You know what I mean? People do want to get up and make breakfast and, and have that white picket fence, but everybody's so like, I need to hustle right now. I need this to get is, it right now. This is how I feel about it. Like, if we have a good vibe and you're working towards something and I'm working towards something, we both understand. And yeah. if you really like that person or what have you, you will make time whether it be a little time, but to me, if you have a business and I have a business, so we're together right now, you on your phone doing your business stuff, I'm mm-hmm. on my phone doing my business, but we're together. Like, yeah. the the vibe is there together. Yeah. That, that counts for me. Mm-hmm. Somebody respecting that I'm still working, I still have these things going on, but at the same time, they do too. So mm-hmm. they're not sitting there just waiting for me to be unbusy because exactly. they're busy too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that, I don't feel like that's always uh, accounted in certain situations. So a lot of people don't even, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's he's busy or she's busy. Some people just be like, me, 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 my, my, my. Exactly. Yeah. So but I definitely agree with you on that. That's, I think, something I've learned through past I ain't gonna say fail, just past relationships is just like, yeah, we have to be aligned with certain things. I don't have to be totally involved in everything you're doing, Mm -hmm. but I do have to have my own business going on when you're totally involved in what you're doing. Because that's hard on both of us. Well, I don't have nothing to do, and you do. I gotta wait for you. That's that's not gonna work. I had a hard time understanding that when I was uh, in my early twenties. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand because I've always had something to do. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, you've always had something. But to my do. partners may it's not exactly, always have exactly, had something to do. Exactly. So I never knew how to relay that message. I didn't know how to. I just didn't know. I've known from a very young age what I've wanted to do. 
no matter what hurdles jump did you have a kid i did so what i'm still doing this i'm still doing and they have to understand that that's and when it when that understanding doesn't happen there's resentment in the relationship there you know and it goes downhill from there and it might not even be real i've learned that in my uh and growing up too and uh my looking back on my past relationships you'd be like damn that was just a misunderstanding you know mm -hmm. what i mean or that was just me having a bad day yep and you really just i really fucked it up over a bad day you know what i'm saying i should have communicated better how i felt so yeah i uh I, i'm guilty of fucking that all the way up <laughs> definitely definitely but um but those are those are those L's are learning lessons. So, even we're gonna jump back on the power situation. Yes. When you when you do have quote unquote power in a relationship, what does that mean? You know what I mean. What do, does that mean? You are su responsible for their emotional support. Are you responsible for their leveling up? What does that mean when you are? You know what I mean? Now that you're adorned. <laughs> so, so, let me just spit some game to you real quick. Now I'm just like, <laughs> but no, I feel like, and you may relate, we have a certain je ne sais quoi. Mm -hmm. You have the a power and you can do good or bad with it. But like most people, most superheroes, they can, super, good superheroes, they can do bad stuff too with their powers. It's just what you choose to do with it. Yeah. So if you feel like you have the power or the upper hand in the relationship and you just using it selfishly, that's not really going to get you nowhere. Mm -hmm. If you're using your power to only help that other person elevate, you're shorting yourself. They got to be able to bring something to the table too. You can use your powers for good or you can use your powers for bad. So what I've been trying to work on with my um, personality lately is not being so selfish with the knowledge that I have. That's kind of like similar to what you're saying. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. just being like, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, versus yes. let me just show you how to do it. Because I realized it was like an epiphany. It was like technically me doing it for you is insulting your intelligence. I'm really calling you dumb. You're too dumb to understand what I'm trying to show you, so let me just do it for you. So... The more and more projects I've been getting lately and like, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. It's been tarnishing my character because sometimes I can't do everything. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> because this is where, in my opinion, where it needs to change. Because you have like a power to help people or see something better in people, it doesn't mean you just go off and do that. You yeah. have to sit back and see what are they trying to do for yourself. You can't want something more for them because you see it in them than they want for themselves. Mm -hmm. Everybody is born with that talent. They have that talent from the beginning. So just because you see it and you're driving them and pushing them, what were they doing before you came in the mix? And what they what are they going to be able to do once you're out of the mix? Yeah, yeah. Because you may not always want to, okay, oh, you should do this, you should do that. And then once you stop saying that because you focused on what you want to do instead of that person, then how are they, are they able to still take the steps and keep climbing? Yeah. Are they able to still do it? Were they already climbing when you started helping them mm -hmm. or were they being stagnant? Mm -hmm. And I was just talking about that as far as like 
when people are asking questions, like when people go to these seminars, and I was like, a lot of people be waiting on somebody to come, like, pull them out some quicksand. Yes. Versus already being out the sand and be like, no, nah, how you get out this jungle? Yes. Like, ask the right question. Don't ask me no basic-ass question. Yeah. If you're going to be like, yo, what page page six on? Like, come on. You ain't even trying. You're wasting my time. You're, you know what I mean? You're playing around. I come across that a lot, like, in my field. I, I do hair. And I've been doing hair a long time. I've been licensed for over 20 years. I've also taught people how to cut hair, how to do hair. So I don't never try to per- put myself out there like above people or better than you. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me like, well, how long you been doing this or how long you didn't? So now you know where my skill set is at. I'm not going to come over and just start helping you do stuff. You, you can ask for my help and I will help you. That shows growth, but I'm not just going to insert myself because even if I see that you need help, Mm -hmm. like I got to see where you're going with this because this may not be, this is my passion. So when I wanted to know something, I went and asked for it. I went, I tried to figure it out. And then that's what I was, oh, I fixed it. It was echoing before I was trying to make sure like, what was that sound? Anyway, um, I was telling somebody that, uh, before, damn, I lost my point. (laughs) About trying to, because you always like, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Oh, I forgot what I was like, going with that, though. It was a good story. Oh, I forgot. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it'll come back to me if it's meant for me to tell y'all. It's nothing wrong with helping people, but you can't just freely help everybody because you're shorting yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like a bank. You can't keep making withdrawals without any deposits coming in. Yeah. 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 I'm working on it. I'm working on that. That's that's something. Um, that's like a superpower that you have, being able to help people and push them and motivate them. But sometimes we have to try and use our superpowers on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember what it was. That's what it was when you said superpower. So my superpower, um, I was trying to hone in what I wanted to necessarily show in the sense of my craft. I have an array of skills and talents of things that I could do and things that people think I should do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But as far as picking one that I want to be consistent in, that I'm not going to be bored with, Mm -hmm. that's a challenge. You know what I mean? Because I like doing different things. I have different waves. I have different, you know what I mean? So I do. I don't feel like I should be limited to one thing, but sometimes, you know what I mean? You'll lose focus of everything if you don't buckle down on something. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on that because (laughs) I relate on that. Mm -hmm. Being a hairstylist, people say what you specialize in. I can do whatever I want. I do everything. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, I don't have to specialize in anything. Are there things that I like doing more than others? Yes. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me to do X, I could do that too. Yeah. I may not choose to do it on Monday, but I don't know if the price is right on Tuesday. I could do that, too. <laughs> Somebody asked me today how would I feel about um, being criticized about or criticized by somebody I looked up to. And for me, criticism fuels me. Like, that's not something that it is going to send me back in the cave and be like, oh, make me discouraged. That makes me shine a little bit more. I use that just as good as 
the positive energy. You know what I mean? So I I don't I don't know what that does for other people, but for me, I would love to be criticized about somebody that is better than me because I want to know why you're better than me. You know what I mean? And if I say you're better than me, not people saying you're better than me, I have to know in my soul that you were better than me. Right. I was about to say the same thing. Like, I'm open to criticism from people that are more experienced in what they're criticizing me about. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. Not more talented, more experienced. More experienced. Because Because your talent is your talent. talent. And your experience is your experience. And that's why I don't, as another hairstylist, I don't never say like, well, maybe I say in my head or to people I don't say, like, if somebody came to me and I see something bad and I'm like, where did you get your hair done last? (laughs) They say, oh, she didn't like, okay. Well, what I see, and I just say, I don't try to downplay another stylist because Mm -hmm. I don't understand their background or where they came from, but I'm... Speaking from my personal experience on what I know as a professional, mm-hmm. I'm not going to downplay anybody else, but I'm going to tell you what I see on a professional level. I'm never trying to put anyone else down because I don't know what happened. I don't know the circumstances in which you came in there. Mm, that's fair. As a, as a person that does film and videography, if somebody came to you with a, a thing in their life, I need you to fix this. You don't know the quality of work, where it came from, or what they asked, or how much they paid. So you can't really say, like, oh, Mm -hmm. they did bad work, even if you know it's bad work. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to say that to that person. I'm not going to downplay another artist in front of somebody else's face. Mm -hmm. Like, unless I just know they trap. You know what I mean? But it's a matter of respect on that level. Like, I'm not going to just... But I am going to tell you what I see mm-hmm. from my professional opinion. And my professional opinion is based off of X, Y, and Z. <laughs> 20 plus years. like Yeah. So what's you know? one of the, um, I guess, the worst coworker and one of the worst customer experiences that you've had in your field, in your 20 years of dealing with personalities? I'm going to tell you. As a manager of people, the worst thing I ever had to do to somebody was basically fire them because of body odor. Oh, no. We've had to deal with that in the military as well. I don't know. In the military, it might be a different situation. Nah, y'all kind of people nasty. Y'all rough, but y'all known for. No, nah, they just came being to basically train the nasty. Right. Like. This ain't a learned behavior. You came before right. you even nope. learned the behavior. Exactly. Like this. Yeah. But in basic training, you I mean, in the Army, you could say, like, get your nasty ass yeah, and take a true. bath. That's I true. can't say that in a regular workplace. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. I didn't, I didn't there is a way you have to approach that in which you're not offending or disrespecting the person, but still getting the, the point actual across. point across mm-hmm. and... In the work environment, grooming is important. Yeah. Because don't nobody want to be smelling on duke fingers all in their face? They don't. And it wasn't a situation where it was just like what I thought or what employees thought customers were complaining to. Mm -hmm. 
So we would have situations where people would be like, I want anybody but her. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible. That is horrible. And as a manager, I have to deal with that because that loses dollars. Like... What about the uh, the best thing? The best situation that's ever happened for mm-hmm. me. I love when people like really hug, like feel a genuine experience mm-hmm. after they're with me, especially like after the first time. If they're like, "Oh my god, this was like the best experience," I, I'm, I'm definitely coming back. Or mm-hmm. I just love like. I think people enjoying the experience of having services or having the experience with me is just the best. Mm. That's dope. That's I love that that's part of most of my circles, like, vibe. Like, mm-hmm. we're more so, I'll help you. You know what I mean? I'll help you. I don't have a problem, and that, you know what I mean, sharing my craft with you. That That actually happens so much in my field. Like, I meet so many different people from so many different backgrounds like randomly i met a a b girl mm-hmm. she's a b boy she's a break dancer like oh my god like <laughs> ran- where did randomly who does that like yeah. you know like yeah. doctors in your spare time lawyers, yeah. in your spare time doctors lawyers nurses strippers like all kind of crazy people you just meet in this amazing how you may think a person is one way because they're judged or they're labeled, but when you actually get to know them, they're like, most of my clients become my friends. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't know that you are originally from Buffalo. So talk about your transition as a hairstylist, because a lot of people know Atlanta for having the Brown and Brothers. And like, you know what I mean? Most hairstylists come from the South and they go North. But you actually came from the North and you came to the South, to the one of the meccas of hair. So how was that transition? Honestly, when I first came here, I felt like it was probably intimidating because this is the place of the Brown and Brothers. And being a stylist from out of town and coming to Brown and Brothers and actually trying to work here, it was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to level up and... I remember meeting your mom, and she was so fabulous, and she was doing hair, and I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. I'm, like, not fabulous like that. <laughs> like, but it was just the passion and my willingness to learn what was going on, what was trendy, because in my head I felt like I'm going to learn this stuff and I'm going to take it back. Yeah. So I was very open. So, talk about your first uh, shop. Did you go to a shop when you first came down, or how did that, how did that transition work? So when I first um, moved here, I worked with a company called Supercuts. Mm-hmm. I was what they called an artistic director. Artistic director. I taught people how to cut hair. I taught people how to color hair. I taught managers how to manage stores. I taught in the stores all mm-hmm. over just everything about haircutting and what supercuts guaranteed for their customers and their clients. So I transferred from New York to here. Mm-hmm. So when I first moved here that's what I was doing. And 
when I got here, the area that they set me up in needed more help in the stores than they did. Not than they did, but they needed help in the stores. And they asked me if I could do that part-time and do that part-time, and that's what I did. And then I got tired of traveling mm-hmm. because I traveled a lot. I went from Monday to Friday. I traveled, and I was off Saturday and Sunday. Mm. That had to be crazy. But that's that's like the Atlanta dream. That's like the Atlanta hustle. Like when most people transfer here, they on like that 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 gerbil wheel. They just trying to get to the bag. And I and <laughs> I heard I this was is the gold too. rush. <laughs> I was too. I was right on that rush, and it was and like when I moved here, my mom and my son and my sisters were already here, and, and I really used my family as a support system because I traveled Monday through Friday. So my mom and my sister really took care of my son. And I tried to be there on Saturday mm-hmm. and Sunday, but was tired. Sunday night, I'm back at the airport, or I'm back in the rental car. I'm hitting the streets, and my mom was like, "Listen, this is nice and all, but you need to see your kid grow up. You <laughs> yeah. need to spend time yeah. with your family." Yeah. And I was like, "I saw him. Um, <laughs> I laid his clothes out. <laughs> I laid his clothes. I think." I think I, did. <laughs> I think. And she was like, no, you didn't. No, and I did. think about that a lot. I think about that a lot. I'm a weekend dad, and I'll be like, oh, man, I don't want this to go to waste. Like, I don't want my art to go to waste. I don't want my time to go to waste because by the time they need me, need me, because, of course, your kids need you. Mm-hmm. But when they need you, need you, yep. I need to be there. You know what I mean? And I need yep. to have options i i really believe that daddy line when he be like you dead broke that's your daddy for i really believe that so i'll be trying to like you know what i mean let you know that no nah, you can follow your dreams you can do what you want and you can still live you can still maintain it's a little slower pace because the you know what i mean we always get to see the glitz and glamour of art but we don't get to see the dirt you know what i mean we don't yeah. get to see the mud and the clay that is that we go through to build that, you know what I mean? And that's why I think some of us, when we get to those lights, we do become prima donnas because it's like, yo, no, nah, I deserve this. I deserve this because nobody was paying attention to me when I was trying to be humble, when I was trying to be nice, nobody wanted to give me a shot. Now that I'm on this, on this mountain and everybody wants something for me. No, we're going to do things my way. So yeah. I've always been pro uh, or anti humble you know what i mean like most of my friends growing up they used to be like oh you need to be more humble you need to be more humble but i'd be like why i earned that i earned it you know what i mean i i did the amount of push-ups to pass that pt test to be able to jump in front of the formation and be like yo no y'all trash i'm the best dude here (laughs) you know what i mean because i earned it i put in the overtime so i've always been like i either Voice my opinion in my youth, and now in my older years, I just be quiet. You know what I mean? I keep that to myself. Like, when people be like, oh, you got to be more humble, I'll be like, hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's a time and a place for that. There is a time and a place, in it? And what I had to learn is it's a matter of knowing what you can do in a room of people that may not always know what you could do. Mm-hmm. You can be humble, but you don't want to be disrespected. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, because you're not bragging, it may come off as disrespect. Like, don't be disrespectful. I'm just not telling you everything I can do because it's not necessary. I'm not, I'm that kind of person. Like, 
people don't know the things that I can do. Mm-hmm. And when once I do something, they're like, yo, you can do that. You do, yo, you are great. You need to do this and need to do that. Like, no, I have like, I have level of success mm-hmm. that I, mm-hmm. I want. Or, and I feel like that comes just like you said. That comes with just being a little bit more seasoned. Mm-hmm. Because I was in my twenties popping my shit. You know what I mean? When I was overly like cocky it's because i was in my prime and that was but the first time i ever made it to the top of that mountain but sometimes is it cocky because i have a client like and, and he he have to explain that to me too because he is on a level of number one and it's like number one you're not gonna tell me what i already know to be truth yeah. or in fact like I already know that. Number mm-hmm. two, I know where I am. So it's not about me being cocky or being humble. I'm really just... I'm putting I, the work in. I, I know where I am. Mm-hmm. And I am humble to people that deserve that. I yeah. am respectful to people that deserve that. But I'm not going to downplay that I'm number one eight times in a row. That's how. Because that's a fact. You can <laughs> Google I feel, it. I like, feel like you're trying to... Like, why am I... I'm lowering myself so you can right, feel better about yourself. No, right. Like, I'm not going to... You don't have to do that. Yeah. I don't, you don't have to lower yourself so other people can feel. No. And you don't have to be disrespectful. But you can be like, no, because this is where I am. And this is why I'm saying these things that I'm and that's, saying. I tell people that all the time. And they like, you know, most of the time when you come across people and they try to tell you about their personality, they'd be like, oh, I'm honest. You know what I mean? People don't like me because I'm honest. I speak what's on my mind. There is a time and place and some shit is just rude. It ain't about conforming. It's about, yo, why are you even saying saying that? that. You know what I mean? What's the substance of what you're saying? Are you talking or are you just running your mouth? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you could just be running your mouth. Ain't nothing really coming out. You're just using it. (laughs) Or you're just trying to put yourself above others for what? Because I don't mind being plain Jane or number five Mm -hmm. in the group because I know who I am. Yeah. So even as number five, I'm still playing a, a, a part. Mm-hmm. You still need me. Yeah. But you don't have to be like, I'm number one. I feel like you that's a culture thing, too, because you know what I mean? We come from prideful people and black mothers that teach us that you number one. You know what I mean? And yeah. no matter how many siblings you got, we all talk that you number one. So breaking out of that, those those generational cycles, I feel like that's being more process or that's being processed a little easier these days well I, i'll tell you like in my experience from really climbing the ladder of being a worker and being a manager and this overseeing other personalities and other personality types i had to learn that i'm not always right mm-hmm. i don't always know everything and i need to take other people's feelings and perception into consideration. Mm-hmm. So learning how to work with different personality types, just picking that out in people, I can see where I need to be assertive and where I need to just be quiet or where I need to just be like, this is not a good look. Mm-hmm. This situation is not going to work anymore. <laughs> so in your uh, 20 years of hair experience, what are you most proud of seeing that we're about to embark in a whole new decade and styles came and went and came back and flipped. So what do you like about where it's been and where do you see it going in the future? I love that it's going 
many places. I love that it changes. That's something that excites me. That's something that keeps me in this industry for so long. It doesn't seem like it's been X amount of years because every year or every couple of years, the trends change. It's always something different, and that's what's exciting about it. Mm -hmm. And I think the greatest thing about that for me is that I didn't specialize in any one thing that I can dibble and dabble in everything and find and understand everything and find it interesting. Like, what's new coming out with color? Hey, hey, man. What's wrong? I'm sorry, that's my co-host, little mama. (laughs) She just woke up. She's trying to see what's going on. Um, I find that because it's changing, it never seems like it's been so long. Like, I can literally think of, (laughs) I don't know, we having technical dog difficulties right now. The fact that it changes and the fact that I love learning stuff and learning different stuff, I don't feel like I could ever get old or this could ever get old. I feel exactly the same. Well, I've been coming into that epiphany. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm I'm, I'm big on time. I'm big on a timetable. And I say that in the same day, you know what I mean? Juice prematurely dies. But I guess that isn't premature in his destiny. But um, for me, <laughs> I always be like, oh, I ain't got enough time to do this or I want to do this within this amount of time or, you know what I mean? I got, we never know when our expiration clock is over, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's one of the scariest things about being human, but that is what makes us human. That we will, you know what I mean, die and we do have to stay within these boundaries of life. I think that's, Something we have to take in consideration when we're taking chances and making choices. Life is always about making choices, but do you want to live with regrets? Yeah. Do you want to go back one year or two years and say, dang, I should have, man, I can't get that back. Yeah. And as we lose more people, as we lose younger people, you start to realize that, like, a big thing I've been seeing, like, on, you know, on all the social platforms to give people their roses while they're here. And that's mm-hmm. that's something we should always do. It's something we should always do. But we praise people afterwards. Like, they deserve to know how much they was loved while they were here. Yeah, yeah. But everybody too busy on that, um, on that gerbil wheel. You know what I mean? Trying to get theirs and trying to do for their own family versus kind of like blending together and realizing that it's all kind of like the same goal. And, you know, people go through life and people have their disagreements and people try to make themselves like the most important. But it's the bigger picture is your whole bloodline. You know what I mean? Just like trees, just like every other living thing that tries to spread. You want more of you than it is of anything else. So when it's you, it's not literally you. That's a figurative thing. 
You know what I mean? It's you and yours that should have it because yours is you. <laughs> it's just a different perspective. So I feel like sometimes we lose track of that. But I don't know if the dogs interrupted us or I just forgot. But what was your answer to uh, where you saw hair going in the future? So I see hair in the future being a big part of fashion, being still being a big part of fashion and being a big part of culture. And I see it still being one of the best careers you can have that technology can't take away from you. Mm -hmm. Even a dead person need their hair done. That's a fact. I never thought of that. I never thought of that. And unless they build a machine like when the Jetsons where you stick your head under there, and that's still suspect to me. Cause exactly. Like <laughs> you got blades and scissors. And but you still, I mean. They might make it, though. They might make it, but you'll still need somebody to fix it. Your hair going to always grow until they find a way not to do that. Uh, but and, and hair and the way we look is still going to be important to me always. Like I said, even a, even a dead person, you want them to look their best when they're going home. That's true. They need their hair done. They need their makeup done. So I feel like I picked a career that has longevity. Um, and even if it's something I still can't do with my hands, I've found a way where I can still be involved in the industry mm -hmm. going forward, whether it be with teaching, with products, um, cosmetics, you know, there's still for this industry years and years for it to go. Mm -hmm. That's dope. So a lot of people also, well, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that one of your uh, hobbies, I don't even know if I should call it a hobby right now. I would say passion is um, battle rap. Yeah, it's not a hobby. It's a passion because I can't rap at all. But <laughs> I'm like the what's what's the movie Brown Sugar, and I keep calling it Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, yeah, it's Brown Sugar. <laughs> because Latifah, like Love and Ted Basketball, Diggs, yeah. it was like Love and Hip Hop, Brown Sugar. Yeah, yeah. I'm like it's a Nylathan. I'm the Nylathan. <laughs> like I can't rap or sing, but my ear to the streets. I know what real hip hop is. I know what real hip-hop come from I, I i can sense that artist you mm -hmm. know and uh, I, I found battle rap on youtube many many years ago smack dvds i think that's where it first started from for me then grind time like y'all can look that stuff up on youtube but it's a lot of good footage that's actually getting a lot of play now because you're seeing more of the battle rappers on mainstream, so. Yeah, that's that's super great. So who are some of your uh, favorite local rappers around here or some of the people that you're either idolizing, looking forward to seeing? Like, give give me some of the, or give us some of the uh, insight of your battle rap world. So and from, like, People that battle or that are from Atlanta, mm -hmm. or just your rundown of who we should pay attention to, or who you like. So because I'm living in the A right now, I'm a shout out like Atlanta rappers, but I'm a shout out Atlanta battle leagues mm -hmm. and things like that. So I'm a shout out Battle Rap Society. What they have going on now is they call it Shotgun Series. So it's just one 
one round. It's like unlimited rounds, but it's a chance for up-and-coming artists to get out there and be on a platform and show these other bigger leagues like what they have. Mm -hmm. I love ABR. That's Atlanta Battle Rap. They have a lot of um, great battle rappers that are here in Atlanta. Um, Bullpen Battle League, John John. John John the Don, he is actually like from URL from URL and he's come here and started his own league and he puts a lot of Atlanta rappers on it. Um who else is here? Just individually, it's just like a lot of battle rappers here mm-hmm. in Atlanta that are awesome. Um Rare Form has like Swavatar Jack, Sleepy Haze, Chase Chase Banks, all the people I'm mentioning you can look up like at their names on Instagram. Um, I mess with Bricks Belvedere from here. Cashflow Rizzy, Briscoe. Cashflow Rizzy and Briscoe are females that live here that battle. Lady Caution. Um, KT. Hollywood <laughs> KT. Cheeto. Shout out to 3430. Shout out to Rare Form. It's a lot of people here. Like, once I moved here and I really found out, like, what the Atlanta battle scene was like, I was just like, oh, my God, I've, like, died and gone to battle rap heaven almost. Like, So seeing that that's one of your passions, how you feel like you're going to implement yourself into that lane? So what I'm actually, because I've been such a battle rap fan and I love, 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 I love to see females doing anything bigger and better than the men. So my <laughs> platform really, shout out to the Perfect Blend Show, my platform is really going to be and has been about promoting the females, trying to get more females on the cards, trying to get more females noticed like people know Loaded Lux and Motor, uh, Murder Mook. And I want females' names to be in their mouth just like that, just mm. like people know Nicki Minaj I want them to know female battle rappers the same because they have bars, they have their lyricists, and they put in the same amount of work that the guys do. Yeah, yeah. That's respect. I feel like um, a lot of people are, are starting to pay attention, especially shout-out to um, Wildin' Out and shout-out to yes. a lot of the newer platforms that's just giving battle rappers a chance. I think BET yes. was giving rappers a shot. Like, yep. it's really getting noticed, and I'm proud to see that people are representing and great, like, even on my other platforms, like I've had great experiences with the uh, battle rap and battle rap league. So, um, yeah, that's I'm definitely excited to see it turn mainstream. It'll be exciting, but then it'll be bittersweet. You know what I mean? We want it to be like mainstream underground. <laughs> I, I think it's really gonna kind of stay mainstream underground because because of his history, but I like to see that they're engaging in more mainstream things. Mm -hmm. I also like that it is kind of staying underground so that they can still be able to do the things that they're doing now. Like if they became more mainstream, it would be a little less for the audience. Yeah. Yeah, For the audience, for the fans, Mm -hmm. it would be a little less for the fans from what they expect from their favorite performers yeah so. because then i feel like the rappers can't be authentic to their exactly. styles and they have to conform to exactly. the money you know exactly. what i mean now the money is involved and mm-hmm. the art is gone so you know what i mean it'll be uh, 
sub leagues within the battle league at that point because the yep. fans, like you said, will still want to hear that authenticity of the um, the the rappers. Um, but they also the the other thing I like to promote and get people to remember is that these battle rappers are also artists. They make great music. They have music that you can listen for, listen to on all platforms. So it's not just that they do this, but when it comes to mainstream, they can do mainstream things too. Mm-hmm. But when you want some, it's like you don't always see monster truck series on regular TV. You got to mm-hmm. pay to go see that. You got to go pay to go see battle rap. You can see anybody regular rap. You can buy, you know, yeah. and that's where they differentiate themselves. They can do more than one thing. Not only can I battle rap, but I also make music too. Yeah. Like, get my music. If you can't, you don't want to see me doing this at the show, buy my music. You can you can actually see me. I'm more tangible than Kanye West. I'm mm-hmm. more tangible than Jay-Z. I'm right in your area. Support me. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I agree. All right, so um, we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap it up, but I want everybody to <laughs> know... <laughs> You got a whole bunch of uh, social tags. So go ahead and give the people the rundown of all your platforms. At me at PerfectBlend1 on Instagram. Persian the Bartition on Instagram. The Perfect Blend Show on Instagram. Facebook, all the same. Get at me. All right. Yeah. You like my sound effect?